0: McGurn of The Wall Street Journal called this man, quote, a good man, willing to give up everything except his principles, even if it means trading in life as a billionaire for the prison cell of a Chinese dissident, close quote. With me today, the Hong Kong publisher and democracy advocate now charged with violating the new security law that mainland China has imposed on Hong Kong, Jimmy Lai. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy, let me introduce you. Welcome to Uncommon Knowledge. I'm Peter Robinson. An introduction of Jimmy Lai. A native of mainland China, Jimmy reached Hong Kong in a fishing boat as a stowaway at the age of 12. By the time he was in his 20s, he owned his own garment factory, and by the time he was in his 30s, he had established the international clothing company, Giordano. After the Tiananmen massacre in 1989, Mr. Lai founded a media company to publish pro-democracy magazines and newspapers in Hong Kong and then in Taiwan. In the democracy protests that swept Hong Kong last year, Mr. Lai, now in his 70s, insisted on marching in front where the authorities could see him. The last time we spoke this past spring, Mr. Lai vigorously opposed the new national security law that Beijing was then threatening to impose on Hong Kong. At the beginning of this summer, Beijing did impose the new law, imposed it. Hong Kong was not given a chance to read the text until the law was put into effect. And then on August 10th, some 200 police raided Mr. Lai's offices, handcuffed him, and then before taking him away, walked him around the floor of his newsroom so that all his journalists would see what was happening. Now, out of prison on bail, Mr. Lai is awaiting trial. Jimmy, thank you for making the time to speak to us. Thank you. Jimmy. First. First, can you, I know that you're under orders from your lawyers to speak yeah. very carefully about your own case. Right, right, so right. So if I ask a question that leads you in the direction that your lawyers say you can't go, just say so. But to, okay. the extent, to the extent that you can, I'd like to just review where matters stand. You've been charged, you have been charged with intimidating a reporter in 2017. Right. You were acquitted of that charge just this week. Right you've been charged with protesting illegally last year with participating illegally in the Tiananmen vigil this year, which the authorities had canceled claiming using COVID as a pretext or who knows what their motives were, but they canceled it. And then you've been charged with four counts of violating the new national security law. So let's start just this week. You were acquitted of intimidating a reporter in an incident in 2017. And as I understand it, the reporter was taping you following you right, right. and you got angry with him and you right, let him right. see that you were angry with him you said right. a few things to him right and then he's claimed in the years since that you he's suffered depression and right. loss of income and so forth and as right. i understand it a video surfaced of the event right in which you did get cross with him right. but he gave it right back to you and laughed right. at you and mocked you right and the authorities saw this video and thought this man was not Damaged or intimidated. So they acquitted you. Is that correct? Right. Right. That's correct. All right Right now, so we'll come to the more serious charges in a moment, but first You're being acquitted even of this relatively minor charge even of what sounds to have been a preposterous charge.
1: Yeah It's a
0: politicized
1: politicized charge. So so does
0: that have larger meaning? Does it mean that whatever happens in Beijing the courts in Hong Kong still
1: intend to do impartial justice. I, I think this is true. I think that maybe the legal system now is being under the influence of Beijing, but it doesn't mean the judges who has been practicing the law in the correct way will change. I think some will change, but I'm 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 very happy to to see that you know quite a lot still they have the inner integrity of the law that they know and they practice. I think that is the dim hope we still have with Hong Kong's judiciary system. I see. Now, as I say, there are
0: at least six other charges against you and four of them you've been charged with violating in four counts, if that's the correct term, this new national security law. Mm to the extent that you can tell us can you describe what those charges are and and why they chose those charges one one is colluding with foreigners i don't know all of this right. has to be translated into english i just want to ask right.
1: you well uh, the 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 other one's is an authorized assembly that I went out to demonstrate okay those are the 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 minor charges I and mean, eventually I think this minor charge could get me into into jail for a few months you know that's not very serious you know it used to be you know of offenses that they would just punish you know they would just pen you know uh, the penalty would be like two thousand whatever you know now they, they, the the possibility of putting me in jail is is more probable than before but more is serious is the national security law that I'm under alleged, which is, you know, I'm under alleged charges. Is that, you know, I colluded with foreign powers or sedition, whatever it is, you know. They haven't charged me yet, they just alleged me. So that they, what they, what they alleged me for collusion is mostly in interviews, it's mostly interviews, you know, like, you know, in the the interview right now. Yeah. Like, you know, in in the interview for this interview, your your interview (laughs) was there, you know, they they just broadcast it and and ask me question about this, but it, it it really doesn't matter. It's not, it doesn't matter what kind of charges that you went through charge me at the end of the day, it's political expedience. What, Matters, so you know I can. I, I'm not going to think about it. I can never know what's going to happen because I cannot read the dictator's mind. When they want to do it, when it's the most convenient way to do it, and what they're going to do with me. This is something I'm not going to think about it because there's no no trace. I, I like I can guess what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know I I'm not going to think about it. I just do what I have to do, say what I have to say without thinking about the consequences. If the consequences comes, I would just accept it as my destiny. And if it's my destiny, it's God's blessing. This is the way I look at it. Jimmy, did you just say
0: going to prison could be your destiny, and if it is your destiny, it is god's blessing did did i hear you correctly yes
1: so your well, faith your faith is a central part of all this well I, I think that's the central part of this because without the faith i i think i will i will have fear you know i'll have the psychological burden on me so heavy that you know any stupid thought i would have you know Escape or do this and do that but if I know you know I asked myself when I was in the in, in, in the temporary uh, holding place that you know I was sleeping on the floor in the police station I could not sleep because so many police were running around and the light was on and many criminals were arrested because i was I was kept in the most almost the most busy the busiest police station which is in Mong Kok. And I I could not sleep, but I asked myself, I said if I knew I could not end up sleeping on the floor here and eventually end up in prison. But at that time I don't know that. I didn't know that they would they would let me out. I thought they would not let me out, you know, just you know, take me through custody and, and wait until trial, whatever. And I asked myself if I knew I'm end up sleeping on the floor and eventually in prison would I have changed what I have done? And my question is very quick, no. This is my character. This is the way I am. I never try to do anything for the society, for anything, for myself or whatever. It's just some natural impulse that I came out and do what I have done. And if this is my character, and my character is my destiny, and if this is my destiny, It's God's blessing. I can't change it. You know, if now giving myself, I I come to think as a redemption of myself. You know, by giving myself, I feel the happiness of redemption. I think this is the way I accept my fate.
0: Jimmy by the way one one um w- one more question I've read there's some speculation in the press in this country. apparently it's unclear where you will be tried. Is there actually a possibility that they'll take you to the
1: mainland well when i was uh, when I was you know arrested the last time and handcuffed and I was alleged to have offense against the national security law, which was very scary. They could just right away took me to uh, take me to China. But when I saw all the policemen, around 20 of them who came were Hong Kong policemen, I was a kind of relief. I see. To be honest, I was a bit apprehensive if I was taking to China because in china the prison is something not prison it's almost like hell right now although you know whatever happened, i got to accept it but uh, you know it's better that if i'm in prison in hong kong <laughs> which i think it's just an experience for me you know i, I, I just i just think that you know any suffering is a blessing any suffering is experience you know, I, I don't treat suffering as something very tough. I'm, I'm almost 73. You know, maybe I need another way to understand life, another way to live my life to a full extent. Maybe suffering can help this. You know, I, I just, I just think that there must be good for it. There must be some good in it.
0: Jimmy, Hong Kong, Hong Kong itself. Carrie Lam, Hong Kong chief executive. This is a couple of days before Beijing put the national security law into effect. Carrie Lam endorsed the law, and she promised that the people of Hong Kong would, and I'm quoting her, continue to enjoy the freedom of speech, freedom of press, of publication, protest, assembly, and so on. Close quote. What was she? Was she taken in by Beijing? Did she know that she was saying that was something that was untrue? What I'm getting at is, if she knew better, isn't that the first time in the history of modern Hong Kong when a leader lied to the people? Well,
1: whether people say that, you know, whether. Freedom of speech is still still exists. The cases that is, in you know, now in front of the court will be proven. Not just myself I was arrested. Martin Lee was arrested. A lot of those, you know, prominent activists, were, you know, have, have been arrested. So that the, the case for testing whether freedom of speech is still in Hong Kong. A lot of people say that these cases will prove it. I see. But as a media guy, I can tell you, freedom of speech has, is now actually doesn't exist anymore. When you are a journalist, you have to be cautious in what you write. That will not bring you negative consequences When you have to be apprehensive of writing or saying something because you're in fear of, you know, of of reprisal, you don't have freedom of speech. Mm. Freedom of speech that you can speak without worrying any consequences. When you have to worry your consequences, what you write and read, you know that you're taking a risk to do what you're doing. You can't
0: call this freedom. Mm. Jimmy, what about the the commercial aspects? I'll tell you why I ask this, the commercial aspects of your company and of Apple Daily, which is your principal property. And I'm asking about the commercial aspects because someone whom I consider very wise in these matters, Rupert Murdoch, Insisted that the profitability of his company is what gives the company independence from those who would seek to, mm-hmm. to, to, to those who would seek to 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 constrict its freedoms of speech. All right. right, so it matters that your company should be profitable, businesslike. That people should read the newspapers and pay for them. Right. And I have conflicting evidence here. I read that as of this August, there's a chain based in mainland that has convenience stores that has 30 branches, I read, in Hong Kong called Vango or Vango. I don't know how it's pronounced. Mm. And they've yeah. stopped carrying Apple Daily. Right, right, right. On the other hand, I also read that the day after your arrest, people across Hong Kong lined up to buy Apple Daily right. and that on the exchanges in the 48 hours after your arrest, the value of your controlling company went up more than tenfold. Right. So is that a temporary show of support, can, can you still operate as a businessman with
1: enough profitability to retain real independence from the authorities? Well, first, you know, definitely media companies are suffering any, everywhere, you know, not just Hong Kong right. and right. us, worse because we have embargo of our active advertisement and uh, well, we were losing money, I have been supporting the country uh, with with now, I pledge support to almost like hundred million US less than a hundred, a little bit less than hundred million US. Um, it's difficult for me to, pro, to, to forecast when we will have profit profitability, but it's, you know, it's very difficult. Even the online advertisement are monopolized by the social networks. Google, Facebook, Twitter, you know, they took almost 80 percent of the advertisement. So, the you know, what's left for yes, us is right. very, you know, very right. small. Right. Um, but I, we will we will we will we will go on and uh, I will use my own money to support it. Luckily I still have some money and I, I will support it until I, I, I you know I don't think my money will be exhausted before they allow, allow us to operate. So, you know, I think my money can last longer than they allow us to operate. That's my, All right. my guess.
0: All right. I just want to, this is, I'm just, this is coming to me now. Not only are you facing prison, you're out almost $100 million of your own money
1: to continue what you've been doing. And, is, that, yeah. is that fair? And, and and also more. I think if there will be more if we continue to lose. Right, right. Jimmy, the international
0: response. The Trump administration has responded in two fundamental ways. On August 11th, the administration imposed sanctions on 11 Hong Kong and Chinese officials. This is individuals by name, including Hong Kong chief executive Carrie Lam. And right. the president, in the statement, the president accused Mrs. Lam of quote, implementing Beijing's policies of suppression of freedom. Close quote. Will
1: that help? Well, I think it helps. I think it helps. You know, because the now China begins to know the whole Western bloc is turning against it. Mm. You know, the European country used to be trying to keep the balance of the Western bloc. And China, now they realize that without aligning with US to form a Western bloc individually as a country, they cannot have leverage against China. Don't forget, the European countries have been doing business with China, they suffer the same thing, the American companies suffer in dealing with China, whether it's technology, whether it's, you know, whatever, you know, they suffer the same thing. They were under the same pressure to give up technology, you know, to to be restricted, you know, the constraint on them and all that. And they, they all felt that, that was, you know, that was more expensive, they found out, to do business with China then it's appealing to the eyes because there are many subtle things that you have to give up, you know, like technology, you know, they whatever they do with it, and also, and, and they just went into your country and buy it up your startup and close down the business just to get the technology. And right. all this practice, I think that you know, the the best thing, the European people, European country, they realize, and now knowing that China is going to be so powerful, and if they don't have leverage against China, they're going to lose. They're going to look under great pressure in future, and that won't be peaceful them. So I think it's now the beginning to realize they have to come together with the US to form a block as a leverage. I think this is something the Chinese has noticed. So you, this is,
0: China has moved into Hong Kong and suppressed your freedoms and arrested you. But in some ways, this is a hopeful moment because you see not just the United States under Donald Trump, but all of the Western world
1: waking up to China. Right. Right. Eventually, eventually the trouble is the different values. And from the persecution of Hong Kong, which share the same value with the West, they can very clearly understand why they have so much trouble dealing with China's behavior. It's just because of different values. And if this value difference is gonna become bigger and bigger while China is become stronger and stronger, they can imagine what kind of world they have to live with. And now it's a crucial question for the Western bloc and the free world to face is can we change China to assimilate into our value system? Because there's only one value system, which the, the system evolved from the Western uh, civilization. You know, this is only one system. And China wants to use the dictatorial system and value to change that system must fail because that's not another evolution. You can't change. You can't use man-made institution to change institution that's gone for many many years so find so error. I want to.
0: I, I want to. I want to press on that point for just a moment because in this country, even though under the Trump administration. I think it's fair to say at this point, at the resistance to China is now bipartisan. Even so, just beneath the surface of that, there's this kind of argument in academia and elsewhere, and the argument runs as follows. Point one, whatever you say about China, they've lifted over half a billion people out of poverty. That grants some, some kind of legitimacy, it just has to. They've Amazing. Alleviated, alleviated human suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Point two, They have, China represents, communism, the communism, Maoism and so forth is a special case, but China seems in one way or another, it seems to be reaching back to its historic antecedents. And it is a great and ancient civilization. And who are we in the West with our notions of individual liberties and freedom of speech and particular kinds of trade, Mm -hmm. who are we to say, that that is superior, that that should be the world system. When China says, no, we have our own civilization, our own constructs. And Jimmy Lai seems to be saying, don't listen to them. What the West has developed is of universal value.
1: Exactly. You believe that in your heart. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's, it's not a miracle that, you know, we, we thousands of people sitting there without conflict. It's a miracle, not a miracle that, you know, all the country can trade together, you know, everybody can travel to different countries without conflict, just because we have a universal value that guides our behavior. This is almost like a second nature. You know, if China wants to change that, they will find it very difficult to change that. Uh, but the world cannot be coupled with China but because China, it's a very big country. Its trade is very beneficial to the world. Whatever you you think it is, you know we cannot decouple at least commercially with China. Right, and this will create a new cold war, very different from the cold war we had with the Russia. You know, with the Soviet Union, because Soviet Union we had very little to do with it commercially. Yes. But we can't decouple with China with the trade. So what the world has to do to make this new new Cold War workable without upsetting the international system. And this is what the world has to face and, and China mm. and China will have to face. Otherwise, you know, China cannot become an island, no matter how big it is. It has to trade with the world because you have to trade with the world with knowledge, technology, socially, everything. You know, Jim, if, if they close the country like they did in the 15th century, they will go
0: backward. Hmm. Jimmy, let me ask you about one other action the Trump administration has taken. Um, I believe the date was August 14th, but the Trump administration rescinded Hong Kong's special trading status, Mm -hmm. its special rights to trade with the United States, on the ground that it was no longer independent enough of China. And so on the one hand, you have the United States recognizing what China has done to Hong Kong. But on the other hand, and this is my question for you, if you rescind the special trade arrangements, that... I surely must damage the Hong Kong economy, so you're hurting the people you want to help. What on balance, was this a necessary move? or
1: how do you see it? I, I, I think you know it is a necessary move, because if you react to what Hong Kong, what's happening in Hong Kong, Hong Kong becomes the focus. And also, I think the U.S. also thought about why they have to rescind the special status of Hong Kong by closing up. The window Hong Kong always have with the world, even China was closed, is they think about if decoupling, we don't want this outlet to exist. We want China to know that if there's a decoupling going to happen, they are totally enclosed and isolated from the world. I think this is one of the thinking to give pressure to China. And so you would support that, as painful as it might be. We would have to support that now, it's already happened, because whether we support it or not with the national security law, I don't see Hong Kong survive as the Hong Kong we know anyway. Right, Jimmy, I want so let's go back. You're
0: charged with participating in the protests that took Mm -hmm. place last year. I just want to review very quickly the aims of the Hong Kong democracy Movement. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but as far as I understand it, the democracy movement only wanted China to respect the rights and freedoms and the rule of law that already existed. And a basic Correct. It it, it only wanted Beijing to live up to its 1997 agreement with the United Kingdom when the United Kingdom returned Hong Kong to China. And the Hong Kong democracy movement, Taiwan is a different matter, but in Hong right. Kong, as far as I understand it, no one has ever argued for any form of independence. Right. That is no. to say, Hong Kong accepted the one nation, two systems, just, right. as, just as, in principle, just as thoroughly as did the mainland, is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, you know, some very small percentage, not more than 1% of the people, you know, they, the kids, they, you know, they, they, they are pro-independence. But that was, that, that was a ridiculous you know, a, a, a purpose because you cannot, you cannot become independent when China can really cram you down in three hours. Right. You know, but when the first, you, you never held it for independence, No, we, really? we never you had No it.
0: grown-ups ever. No, ever you know, no
1: grown-up would do that. When the first advocates of independence was on the podcast, and I was on the other podcast, I immediately warn people don't follow into this track. Mm-hmm. This must be a conspiracy. It's so stupid and so improbable that I think they, it's engineered by the Chinese, by the CCP, to set okay. a track for us, for them to excuse to clamp down on us. We never support this. I think this is not what we want. What we want was what, what just, you just said. We just want. Right, we were, we have been entitled by the basic law, which is the universal suffrage, and which is the rule of law, in you know, all that freedom institution of freedom of speech, private property, freedom of regency, freedom of assembly. All of those legacy that the British colonial system left to us, and now embed in the basic law. This is all we ask for. All
0: right. Now, so, Jimmy, that leads to another point. When you visited this country last October, you argued that President Xi needs Hong Kong to remain free, precisely for the reasons that you've been arguing today, that Hong Kong represents China's window on the world, and you could say that there is an argument that China no longer needs Hong Kong, but even today, well over half of the capital that enters China does so through Hong Kong financial institutions, because the rest of the world wants its transactions to take place transparently and under the rule of law, so Hong Kong still matters. So here's what we've got. We've got a democracy movement that wants nothing but what what Hong Kong already has, and it wants nothing but what Beijing has already agreed to in writing and stands enshrined in the basic law. Nothing more than that. Right. And you've got Hong Kong playing a vital role in China's uh, need yeah. for capital. Right, right. What does Xi think he's doing? Why is he
1: doing this to Hong Kong? Well, I really don't know. This is a very desperate move to really abandon Hong Kong or just to kill Hong Kong, which is a goose laying golden eggs maybe they just look at Hong Kong as no more than 3% of the economy without knowing that more than 65% of the investment to China had to go through Hong Kong's protection by the rule of law. You know, people have to sign the contract in Hong Kong. Even big deals that that they, they cooperate with the outside world, the contract, are usually signed in Hong Kong for protection of the Hong Kong judiciary system. Maybe because they are so numb to the respect of rule of law. Maybe they just don't recognize the importance of rule of law to the international trade. They venture to impose the national security law and kill Hong Kong. I'm sure they know now they have made a big blunder, you know, but it's too late. And that's why the world reacts so strongly to the Hong Kong issue, not because Hong Kong, such a small island, could be so important. It's just because Hong Kong represent the value that they have residents. And because Hong Kong represent the persecution by China, which they have a vivid idea or imagination or experience even. And that's why they react you know, with such a resonance. It's just, I think it's just very really natural.
0: Jimmy, what's next? What's next for the democracy movement in Hong Kong? Is, is it, here's, here's what everyone over here is wondering now that the national security law has been imposed, is it essentially over? Is the freedom of Hong Kong gone? And so is there, can the democracy movement achieve anything, is there, or is it just a kind of noble gesture, a few noble gestures over the next few years before it's all just over and Hong Kong is completely absorbed into China?
1: Well, um, I don't think the movement has, move, have failed. Whatever we have achieved, at least we have gotten the attention of the world to Hong Kong, therefore to the difference of values between the West and China, we actually manifest this. And making people aware of the importance and the danger of allowing this system of different values to exist while China is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I think to wake up the world to a more, a clear picture of China, is a great achievement our movement has done. Whether going forward, we can still have our movement, the resistance movement the the way that, like we did the last year? No. I don't think the large scales demonstration even small scale of demonstration would be allowed. There. And 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 but I, I, I but I don't also think that you know the movement will just cease. A lot of those movements more active I don't call them leader because we don't have a leader. More active members they have left mm. or about to leave. And you know, some of them stay; they will sidestep size, size from it. It's too dangerous for them. I think this is understandable and nobody can have any claim on other people being a martyr, okay? You know, whoever is left will become the backbone of Hong Kong's conscience. And these people is going to be very important to give Hong Kong people the confidence to go on in a very different, maybe subtle way of resistance. The distrust of the government has shown recently by the, you know, by the overall test of the virus. You know, They have an overall test of the virus. People's response to it is very cold just because of distrust of the government they don't know whether the DNA sample will be sent to China, will be all all that, you know. Right. I think right, right. the kind of distrust the people has bred over the years by the persecution, by the disappointment, you know, by the disrespect for the basic law, for the legal system and all that has created a distrust, which is the greatest. Resistance by people. If people don't trust a government, a government can hardly function. I think this mm-hmm. is one of the resistance that will be very strong in future. And also, like you know, the last couple of weeks, two legislators were arrested, which was really a up accusation. The next day, people wore black as a protest. So this kind of different kind of protests will eventually be created and evolve, personally or with a small group of people, you know, different kind, different kind of resistance will be going on. And I think this will be significant for the world to see. It may not be so significant for the CCP, to perceive as something big deal. All we have to get is to get the attention of the world focus on us all the time and have people know what's happening here. This is the most powerful saving grace we have here. The world has to watch what happened here. The more they voice out what they see here as injustice, the greater the safety we have here.
0: Jimmy, Bill McGurn in the Wall Street Journal. As a billionaire, Jimmy could easily have escaped arrest. He could have sold off his company or simply remained at one of his residences abroad where the authorities couldn't touch him. Close quote.
1: Why didn't you? Well, if being a businessman is enough for my life, I wouldn't have done what I've done. It would be so boring just being a businessman. I want to make my life more meaningful and interesting. And that that's why I got into the trouble I got into today. And I'm happy to have it, to be honest. This will only governize my character as a person. This only enforce my faith in God. Jimmy, let me try
0: again. I'm trying... I'm trying to get you out of Hong Kong. You can see what I'm doing here. You know that even some of your admirers must be thinking, Jimmy fought a noble fight, but it's over. It's over. And now he and his family should leave and here's why. Jimmy Lai cannot accomplish anything in a prison cell. How do you answer your friends who, who are thinking that?
1: I am just a very small person out of many, many who fight. If they make me a symbol of resistance, whatever suffering I suffer under them will be a wonderful message for the world to pay focus here, to pay focus to the Great the mis- disrespect of China to justice and to the ve- international value. If only me, such a small person can have an effect on CCP, it's a great honor I have. It's something I would not have gotten. It's something I have to treasure. It's such a great bargain for me to have achieved what I have achieved, even if they kill me. You know, it's a good bargain for me. God must have done great things for me to have this bargain on me, if that's, it's true. I just don't think anything happened to me is a good good bargain. This is the way I look at it, and this is true.
0: Jimmy, last question. As you await trial, what do you want to say to Americans?
1: Well, please look at what happened here and share our suffering as you share our values and react as you can to voice out for us your power is the political power of America. People's voice will be the voice of your government. And you can help us by voicing out. Jimmy Lai,
0: thank you. Thank you, Peter. Jimmy, you're an amazing man. Thank you. For Uncommon Knowledge, the Hoover Institution and Fox Nation, I'm Peter Robinson.